You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 29th of October, 2015, two days to Halloween, three days till November. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And how are you doing today, Dave? I am doing great. How are you doing, Jim? Good. Recovering from a, uh, from a trip to D.C., but good. <laughs> well, we're glad you could join us. Me too. So, uh, before, we, before we get the show going, and I, it, weirdly enough, the, uh, the the trip I took to D.C. has a lot to do with what we're going to be talking about today, and it's a coincidental connection, but um, I got to talk about big data and the, 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 the future use of big data and algorithms. I had an amazing conversation with some folks at AOL, uh, courtesy of uh, your friend and mine, Simon Heseltine. Wonderful. You see what I did there? All right, that well played. I got his name right. <laughs> hey. I, I, I've been batting uh, about 75%. So I've been batting about 750 for the last couple months on this, so I'm feeling good about it. Simon Hesseltine. Um, yeah, we did a winery tour on Tuesday and uh, the AOL campus on Wednesday. Really yeah, cool trip. Fun. Shouldn't have to do that after a winery tour. Well, Ending the spirits know. of I mean, some kind or another. I saw you on uh, Facebook, but tell us what what did you learn? What uh, what did you uh, pick up that maybe our well, listeners should uh, should know about? Can I get away with saying I picked up background knowledge rather than uh, talking about it directly? <laughs> you know how when you um, start seeing something happening in in culture and in our case in technology around the internet and. 
you start thinking about it, it's in the back of your head, and then you just conversations with other technologists come up, and you just start talking about that. I mean, uh, what you were thinking about just sort of guides where the conversation goes. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about robotics and big da- big data um, mapping, um, the future of how we're going to be working over the over the internet. You know, looking ahead ten to twelve years. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've been thinking on just a lot. Is you know, you know, sort of like you know your 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 hobby thoughts, if I may. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to be talking about Rank Brain. We we can't not talk about Google's uh, new ranking formula slash signal slash algorithm slash reconstruction. Rank Brain. Indeed. I think that's going to take a huge amount of the conversation today, eh? I have a feeling, yeah, it's uh, it's fairly sizable news. So uh, maybe we'll cover that second segment and just give ourselves just a whack of uh, a, ra- a whack, a whack of, time of time. Well, I talked to somebody who is responsible for 27 terabytes of information yesterday. Okay. Like 27 terabytes is so mind-blowingly big. It's beyond yes. mind-blowingly big. I can't, I can't even conceive of, of what – makes up that much information. Yeah. Um, so Rank Brain is going to be a fun subject to talk about. I have a lot of stuff to say about it. You know something else I learned that I think is going to be really cool for webmasters, especially in the SEO community, except that it's about Yahoo? What's that? So you know how Yahoo is shifting from uh, Bing organic results to Google organic results yeah. on desktop search? Yeah. If you look at the deal really closely... Um, they're going to be doing a hybrid. They actually have to keep a whole bunch with Microsoft, with Bing. So what we're going to see from Yahoo in the near future is like on desktop is like 51% of the feed coming in from Bing and 49% of the feed coming in from Google and them filtering those results into what will be a unique set or a unique, a unique result set to, to, to Yahoo search. You know, and, and on that, a really interesting thing happened to me this morning. I still run mm-hmm. ranking reports. You know, I, I think a lot of uh, a lot of our audience probably does. And today was the first time in uh, in quite a while um, where, as they started to come in, I'm seeing massive, massive discrepancies between Bing and Yahoo, like massive. Um, so that was that's exciting, uh, exciting news for us. And, and in the case of most of the clients, um, hey, really exciting news just in general. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, Yahoo is not mirroring Bing anymore. And in fact, we're, what I think we're seeing is all about where you get your data from. And what I think we're seeing is a, uh, a retrenchment. Uh, uh, Yahoo is introducing Yahoo-centric, Yahoo-algo-affected results. Yeah, and it's excellent. It's excellent. I, I mean, in my Ever so humble opinion. You know me. I'm a humble guy, Jim. Um, Google's holding their own better. I mean, we'll get into rank brain, and, and they've certainly got their their share of challenges. But um, you know, I think they're they're holding their own. They're providing some great results. You know, let's be honest, Marissa. You know, were we surprised? Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's a great move. Um, I've always been sort of scratching my head on uh, on the partnership to begin with. Um, so I, I, I think this is. Uh, this is great, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what the future brings. Um, I know for now, as uh, the ranking reports continue to come in, um, I'm getting increasingly um, happy <laughs> about the move. Um, mm-hmm. I hope all of our listeners are too. Well, I, I I think everybody can agree: the more competition 
in organic and in paid and in, in, you know, all realms of the search world, the better it is for everybody, including search users. You know, um, that's just a wider array of information for people. Oh, indeed. And for, I mean, you and I know, and for business owners, right? The more various traffic streams, even outside of search, let's be honest, but we're talking about search here right now. Um, you know, diversity is security. Uh, the more sources your traffic's coming from, um, and the more unique sources your traffic is coming from, more importantly, um, you know, the the better. So when Bing was fully powering um, Yahoo, okay, that's great, but you still got two. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, they're coming from three sources, but really you got two. Um, you know, it, as things start to to spread apart, um, you know, I'm liking it. Of course, at the end of the day, if they end up just rolling in with Google and coming up with some sort of arrangement there, all right, now we're in an actually a, a worse spot. But <laughs> you know, yeah, but here we are. That's probably not possible. And again, uh, if Yahoo's adding its own filter, its own algorithm, perhaps they'll come up with stronger results. But, you know, something as, as you said, Dave, traffic can come from all sources and links can come from all sources. And sometimes you actually don't like where those links come from. It's not too late to uh, disavow links because the slow march of the penguin continues. We say this every week. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... If there was a better way to phrase it, I'd find it. But the slow march of the penguins is the only way to phrase this. These poor <laughs> bastards are walking across the ice floes looking for food, and there's just like not, nothing to eat. But you know, apparently they're getting stronger. It's 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 weird how that works. <laughs> yeah, no, that I mean, it's great great news for for um, webmasters who may not um, you know have have caught up yet, especially if you're parts of uh, larger sites where you have a lot of data to go through and you really want to make sure you're not disavowing, you know, you can't, you don't want to work in just blocks, right? I mean, you want to make sure you're disavowing the right stuff. Um, great news uh, for them and certainly telling us what we're dealing with here. So great news for website owners and, and internet marketers to just have a, have a full scope and go, oh, okay, we've still got time. Because uh, when they say it's not too late to do a disavow, they pick those um, disavows up as they're crawling other links. So, you know, and, and, and then they, they do that cross-reference, go, okay, it's disavowed. So we know that, you know, a lot of these links are on sites that uh, are not heavily crawled, you know, the the worst of them. So when they're saying, hey, it's not too late, um, they also mean we're, we're a bit off because, you know, you can see if you submitted your disavow, say, tomorrow – um, you know, you would still, you know, they're still going to have to do that crawling after that to pick up the disavow fully. So it, it, it's, it's telling us that it's, it's still a ways, uh, we've still got a while to, to deal with this. Yet at the same time for, uh, webmasters who have tried to, or webmasters, merchants, uh, website owners who tried to clean up their act after falling for dodgy, for dodgy link, link building schemes or, you know, outsourcing, or offshoring their link building programs and getting, you know, disastrous results for their money. It's been over a year since we've seen a massive Penguin re- link reevaluation update, and the attendant uh, change in rankings for some of these sites. That that's to be expected. Frustrating thing. That's not to say that Google isn't doing link evaluation daily. It's just the massive one hasn't you know hasn't hasn't rolled out again. They do say. We can't get in any trouble for just reporting what they say, even if it may or may not be true, right? No, we're not uh, in Australia. Sorry okay. Well, if we were in Australia, we'd, ca- we'd caution you to say this may or may not be true. But according to Google, it will be done by the end of the year, and it will be an ever-flowing uh, part of the algorithm. It's not going to be a new update that gets applied 
every few months. It's going to be part of Everflux, and it'll be here by the end of the year. They promise, they swear, pinky swear even. See, and and you you bring up a a really uh, important point there um, that I think pertains to the story that we're talking about, that it's not too late. Um, Does that mean that it's still a ways out, as, you know, the the context we were discussing it uh, a, a little bit earlier? Perhaps there is also the consideration that it may launch tomorrow, but if it's going into Everflux then no, it's not too late, right? Well, then, in that case, it's never too late. It's never too late. And I think that's the world we're all hoping for. I will imagine they're, even when it goes to Everflex, they're going to create a, yeah, but we're still slapping your wrist for, you know, a few months <laughs> kind of environment, you know, sort of as a, as a punishment. But, um, you know, if it, if it can get that little bit more predictable, I think that'd be helpful. And I think all of us are looking forward to an Everflex version. Let's remember before our listeners... And we get too excited about the idea of an Everflux. They also said the same thing about Panda. And that was yeah. like a couple of years ago. So, <laughs> and I want to, and I, well, for the most part, I think Panda is part of Everflux now. But they keep adding refinements to it. Yeah, that's um, that's true. And that's gonna have that's going to have to happen with Penguin as we move forward, and as um, you know, Links become a different sort of animal moving towards the the mobile device universe, which will yep. not mimic desktop. And then, and then I think it's something we got to consider here. Like, people think about links in a very desktopy uh, frame of mind, right? Yeah. When we, we think about links, we think about websites, we think about websites, we think about the desktop, and we rarely think about links in the mobile environment and what it takes to get the user to click on that link. Because I mean, something that's got to be considered about links is it's not just the presence of the link; it's user action around the links. Google mm-hmm. also considers that as well as as well as just the presence of the like. So how will that change in the mobile? Um, we got to be considering that looking forward, eh? Oh, definitely. I, I think the entire environment has to change for for mobile, and I think I think we're going to see a lot of that coming up soon. Um, the factors involved with a mobile experience, not so much a mobile site. I mean, those have their own technical you know, considerations to make or, or, you know, responsive, dedicated, whatever. Um, But when we look at how do you determine quality signals where they can use links on desktop because, hey, we all, you know, link to each other and and to other articles we like. That's what, where PageRank was born. Um, You know, with a, with a mobile core um, in a, in a usability or, or in a website, how do you start to, to factor those things in? Um, Could this be part of, say, Google's, um, you know, sort of cozying up with Twitter um, to take in more social signals or, or something to that end. I think that's going to be a, an interesting thing to watch as we move forward. Well, and clearly Google is um, taking action in mobile user experience to the point of telling webmasters today in, you know, in, in warnings that you will see in uh, Search Console, formerly known as Webmaster Tools, that action, manual action has been taken against, you know, the sneaky, remember the little sneaky 302 redirect thing where you um, redirect, have a link um, go into the mobile version of your site, but you redirect it to a different page altogether in your in your desktop site? I We chatted about that a few weeks ago. And Google is Google is now shutting that down and telling webmasters this is what happened and why it happened. In case they couldn't figure it out for themselves. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes you're like, you know, doing so many different cheats at the same time. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> Which cheat was it? 
Uh, uh, indeed. So um, there's three ways. Google has given webmasters three ways to detect a penalty has uh, has been incurred and, and why it might have been incurred. One, check if you've been redirected. We can navigate to your site using your smartphone several times per week. Do it over and over and over again. See where those redirects go. Do you, are you getting complaints from web users? And, you know, monitor users in site analytics for different patterns, you know, changes in the way that they might behave. Because um, sometimes, you know, redirects happen and you, you make a mistake. Or sometimes it's not even the webmaster's fault. Going from mobile to desktop, sometimes you have ad code on your site that does a weird redirect. Mm-hmm. And maybe your site has been hacked. But if you've done it on purpose, trying to, trying to you know, use mobile links to fool Google's desktop search, you're going to be penalized. Yes, well, and, and, and good. And I think you touched on something. I was thinking it. You said it, which is, is you know great nice to know we're on the same page here as we as we chat with people like we know what we're talking about <laughs> you were talking about hacked um now that there's a penalty involved uh, you know people make sure your your installation especially cms wordpress joomla whatever are up to speed i can see hackers working to break down or, or bring down websites just using something exactly like this i mean it would be very very simple to do um you know i mean i'm not a hacker so when i say simple i mean for a hacker, not for me. But yeah, I mean, how, how I, I've seen a lot of hacks on websites. I've seen a lot of exploits. Um, you know, it would not be a difficult thing for an experienced um, hacker or even through scripts into, you know, sort of antiquated, you know, WordPress plugin or I mean, word, you know, well, plugins or, or installs if you're not keeping them up to date. I'm using those exploits um, and redirecting it just in, in the effort to bring your site down. Um, so it wouldn't have to be manual. It could also be, you know, just a, an automated, let's bring down a whole bunch of sites at the same time just to, you know, for giggles. Well, so again, there are ways you can check for that. So, you know, check if you get redirected when you, you know, navigate to your site from smartphone to desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, are your users complaining? And again, is there different patterns in user behavior when you're looking at them in Google Analytics? You mentioned Google cozying up to Twitter earlier before, before we talked about uh, Google coming down on you for redirects. Mm-hmm. Someone's got a cozy up to them, eh? Because yeah. um, Twitter shares took a beating. Apparently, apparently they're overvalued. Really, really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and investors are saying so. Twitter's got a problem. It has an insanely popular target that's re- or product that's really difficult to monetize without taking off the hundreds of millions of people who use it because they can't they haven't found a revenue model that is easy to explain and easy for uh, businesses or um, you know business to business or business to consumer marketers to adopt they are just not making as much money as the investors figure they should given the amount they've invested in them they gave a revenue outlook for their fourth quarter of 695 to 710 million, which is below the 740 uh, million sort of basement figure investors expected. They're going to come in, you know, after everything, their earnings will come in probably 25 to um, 45 million below expectation. 
which isn't a lot of money when we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars, but enough to spook investors to make them, you know, um, question the vi- the long-term viability of Twitter as a revenue platform. Well, it's, and that makes uh, perfect sense. But, I mean, you know what? We're, we're on a subject. You, you've heard me rant, and, and heck, you've ranted a lot, too, about valuations of a lot of tech mm-hmm. companies. Um, even with that, even coming in grossly lower than, than they were expecting in, in revenue, their market cap is still, what, $19.7 billion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's still an incredible, like, just for our, like, you know, we don't have to say goodbye to Twitter. They are still valued um, very, very highly. Um, well, it actually just went up a little bit. I'm watching the ticker right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, to me, at the end of the day, for a company that can't properly monetize and when they do monetize is, is still lower than expectations, to me, quite honestly, they're still undervalued from a pure – or I mean overvalued from a pure monetization standpoint. They need to be – there needs to be some monetization strategy brought in, brought in soon, or they need to be acquired by a company like Google – um, who could step in and actually use them for other points and and, and other uses um, rather than the direct monetization. Big data. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of monetization, we have a proven revenue model here on Webmaster Radio, not only for us, but for our advertisers, and we're going to show you how it works. Friends, <laughs> this is uh, Jim Edge from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Meansong Internet Marketing. We're going to take a commercial break. We're going to be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, right name requires a great wingman. Nacom puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. 
everyone, welcome back to Web Crawl here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 29th of October, 2015, and this might take a while to wind our way through. We're going to be talking about something completely new. I don't think any of us really know exactly how to define this yet, but Dave and I, Dave, you were actually part of a uh, group of experts at SEM Post. Uh, in an article a couple of days ago, Google's brain rank, non-industry experts weigh in. What is the average weight of a Google brain rank? Um, <laughs> Google, Google's introduced a new slash algorithm, perhaps infrastructure upgrade, perhaps uh, filter called brain rank. What do you think it is? Just in a couple of, you know, is it an upgrade? Is it an algorithm? What is this? Um, I believe it is an algorithm. I mean, you know, they're they're not really releasing specifically what it is. Um, to I guess for our listeners who might not under you know might not even know really what the terms is, um, what Brain Rank does, it applies to queries that Google has never seen before, um, and basically it helps them make new assumptions and, and new connections. So basically, if they haven't seen a query before, so they can't understand inherently what the context was. Um, they'll use the brain rank, and I'm going to refer to it as an algorithm. Take that with a grain of salt. Um, it may be an actual hardware or infrastructure upgrade. Um, but essentially connecting the dots for them and helping them to make new extrapolations uh, from the limited data that they have as opposed to just doing the word mapping, you know, that we've all, you know, it has X, you know, words on the page, and, and here's how the backlink profile looks. Um, in that article, it's funny. A lot of uh, a lot of people wrote, you know, lengthy things. Uh, your friend of mine, Mr. Bill Slosky from SEO by the Sea, uh, came in with a single sentence that I think yep. does a great job of wrapping it up. And and his analysis of it was: Rank Brain appears to be another query rewriting approach. Uh, from Google, an alternative to how they had been rewriting queries before. So basically, rather than looking at this as some whole new thing, um, it's actually building on the same algorithm, Yes. Um, but essentially taking a look at a query they've never seen before and trying to extrapolate from that what the user's intent was and, and basically connecting pieces of it together using either entities. So, you know, if it's Bill Slosky is included in the, in the query, okay, you know, let's look for other An entity is a noun. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think he did a great job of summing it up. Basically, it's just them uh, taking a different approach at the way that they're looking at the, the words when they haven't seen the query before. So they don't have click data to base any decisions on, um, either click data or bounce rates and, and things like that. Um, so I, I think he, he summarized it really well. Um, but he and only I think explained that's what it does. He didn't actually explain what it is. Yeah. Like, remember when Hummingbird was introduced and part of Hummingbird was a massive infrastructure upgrade, the movement from uh, sand or to, to flash drive, a, a, a whole new storage and information transfer protocol regime, uh, which allowed Google to, again, get away from word string and, and word association and actually get into searching or understanding the difference between nouns between entities. Um, it was Google's, you know, first step towards what's been colloquially termed semantic search, trying to figure out the actual meaning of a search query. And, you know, you and I could be looking for the exact same thing and use slightly ver- slight variations on our search strings. Right. 
Hummingbird, I think, was the first first attempt to understand those variations. And rank brain is the next step forward. But we've been cautioned, and, and you're exactly right, Dave. It does it does run on the existing algorithm. To me, it feels like it feels a lot like Hummingbird. It's a, it's a infrastructure upgrade and a slap on to the algorithm. Yeah, uh, and I I think some points that might be worth you know for for people to know you know did this just launch? I haven't noticed any dramatic uh, changes. You wouldn't have. Um, they've been implementing this for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this it's not like they just flicked the switch. So, you know, this is this is the way things have uh, have been. Um, and I think something um, also worth noting is that basically in, in, in my brain anyway, or, or the way I'm looking at it is um, what we've just set loose is a four year old um, out into the world with a very, very limited understanding of how to interpret intent. Right. I mean, but it is learning as it goes along, just like mm-hmm. a four year old would. So where we're seeing significant problems um, with its interpretations right now um, for, for new types of queries, for queries um, Google hasn't seen before. Um, my my expectation is that over time, as it learns more and more about the way people like it's starting to pull click data, I can only assume that they're starting to look at, OK, when we apply our AI this way to a query, this is what happens when these kinds of nouns are in place. Um, here's the results that are clicked as they pull more and more of that data as that four year old starts to age. Um, I think we're going to start seeing um, some very, very significant improvements. Um, and I, I'm. sure that within the next couple of years, we'll start to see it roll out into, you know, sort of the mainstream algorithm, not restricted to the parts where um, they haven't seen the query before. Now, here's where things get a little bit fun. I I think we can both agree this is is an awkward name, Rank Brain. Yeah. It's not descriptive. It makes people immediately leap to um, artificial intelligence, which this is kind of, but as you said, we've gone from being a four-year-old to maybe being an eight-year-old, but the intelligence itself is still being instructed by its teachers. Google, um, Gary, Gary uh, ES, Google, Gary Ellis, or as I understand it's to be pronounced, Gary ES, um, has gone out of his way to, 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 to state, and I'm pretty sure he's right about this one, that while Rank Brain does about the entities it already knows – it still requires instruction from humans. So this isn't free, free-form AI yet, but it's another massive step forward. Now, the reason that my head keeps going to infrastructure, this is also partially an infrastructure upgrade, is Google, more than any other company in the world, and perhaps, perhaps it could be argued Amazon, Netflix, and, and other entities, but... I'd still suggest Google, more than any other company in the world, defines creative use of big data. Mm -hmm. From their forays into the pharmaceutical world, not necessarily the pharmaceutical industry, but, you know, trying to cure disease. Yeah. To the development of a self-driving vehicle, to... Reaching for and almost grasping the holy grail of search engine, which is, you know, personalization of search results. Yep. Google, more than any other company out there, any other, any other um, web giant, 
is all about big data using the enormity of information it collects <laughs> on its users to figure out what individual groups, regions, demographics, etc. want to see, delivering those results, and, you know, again, finding ways to very much personalize search results, uh, tailor them to individual users based on query history. This is the next... Okay, the, the, some, you know Moore's Law? You know, yes. uh, the idea that we were we will uh, double our processing power every 18 to 24 months? Yeah. Well, Moore's Law applies to just about everything we do on the, on the internet and technology and uh, gaming and whatever. We just get better and faster all the time. Same with Google. Um, Google, I think, I think rank brain is also Google making better use of that massive storage tower <laughs> of data it's got. I don't know how else to describe it. I was going to call it the storage tower in the sky to get at the cloud, but, but Google is the ultimate cloud as well. So yeah, they have, they have so much stronger processing power as they will like two years from now. This is, this is again, a, the next step in using it. Indeed, indeed. And really, they needed to put something in play um, because there are a large number of queries that Google never has seen before. Um, you know, you're probably responsible for a chunk of them. I know I probably am too because as mm -hmm. SEOs and a lot of our listeners as well, uh, we tend to use queries and query types that are not of the norm because we know specifically how to search for it. So they needed to do something. I think this is an interesting application. I expect big things from it. Um, well, over time and quite honestly like when I look at hey would I rather have AI controlling um, some stuff or would I rather have humans yeah human interaction definitely needs to be there like you need engineers and programmers to, to sort of build the building blocks uh, but when I think of the kinds of biases that can be brought in um, by humans just even unintentional just biases based on how you're going to deem something to be worth more than another thing um, you know, to, to let a pure AI just go in and go, we're going to let our users basically by their, their click um, and by our understanding of the, of the way the world works um, step in there with virtually no bias. I think there's some huge advantages to that. You know, I'm, maybe I'm just old school, but I do believe that there are still some humans who are able to exercise outside their realm of bias. But yeah, <laughs> I, can see, I can see that. I think you know, your friend of mine, Christine Schackinger, hey, you see what I did there? Yeah. Twice in a show, I got extremely difficult names from me right. Well done, sir. I think so, too. <laughs> Today in Search Engine Land, Christine uh, published a piece, uh, How Rank Brain Changes Entity Search. It's a really good primer on Rank Brain. It's uh, well worth the read. And she used this really great example um, in the idea of uh, how queries can completely change the, uh, the, the, the way a, a, a query is phrased complete, can completely change how Google think, what Google thinks you might be looking for. She, used, she lives in Las Vegas. It's hot there all the time. She used iced tea as an example. So ice, iced tea, lemons, glass. You want to make iced tea in a glass. Right. How about iced tea, uh, rainbows, glass. Iced tea, goji, glass. Iced tea dissolved sugar glass. Glass of sugary iced tea. 
there's a hundred different directions Google can go in with some of these search queries. Um, you throw in the specific kind of tea, well, Google might pull up the Wikipedia result about that kind of tea, which isn't what you were looking for. Mm-hmm. In Goji, is I'm, I'm glad she used that word, because that's, that's not a... That's a relatively unused word. It's not an often used word in the English language. How does Google contextualize that? Is that a region? Is that a people? Is that a type of tea? Um, Often you'll get results that got nothing to do with iced tea. These are all different ways that people might look for the exact same piece of information, a simple recipe on how to make iced tea. You know how Google has autofill? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the way SEOs can look at and gauge where... Brain rank is going. Maybe that's well, the clue. You can definitely see it, and in the the number of patents um, that Google's been putting towards personalization that have been published now, but that means that they were filed, you know, a good year or two ago. Um, you can see that there's going to be a, it by necessity needs to combine uh, a lot with personalization. Um, for intent, I mean, let's think of a, a fairly simple phrase that actually involves Google. What is alphabet? Yeah, right. I mean, what do I mean? Right now, you would probably know that if you know Dave Davies is sitting in Victoria and enters that in. Well, I you know I, I write a lot. You probably know that I'm referring to the company alphabet um, as opposed to what is the actual alphabet. But you know, this will be something that uh, that would be a, a query. You know, I could see a, a foreign language student going. You know, they'll have an alphabet, but it won't be English. Like, okay, what is this? Because you know, my ESL teacher keeps. You know, talking about it. So, how do you interpret those two? You know, it's two different entities. Um, you know, how do you differentiate between the two? Um, you know, of course, there's there's some manual applications that need to be applied. Um, but as they as they push further in personalization, I think the rank brain side of things is going to really, really take off in understanding the person. So, what will they? Um, what would they be intending? Well, indeed, and um, well, more. I guess more to the point for, for, for the audience, um, what are we intending? What are we going to do? Or are you, for SEOs, I think we have to look this – is, this is clearly a content thing. The way you write something, what you give Google to – you know, ways to give Google to relate to um, the words used on your page. And in thinking about rank brain – for some, my head just keeps going back to stuff we know about the algorithm. We know that Google considers how a user moves through your website. So, you know, page A leads to page B leads to page C in the Google, in the in the page users trend or the site users transit from uh, entry point to information point. Mm-hmm. We also know that Google considers the way they got there as a um, mark on the page. And Google is trying to relate all of the information it gets from user behavior um, to either user query or anchor text used to move user from that site to this site, from search engine to this site. I think this is a boon for copywriters, for um, for SEO writers. There are ways to include several different words, phrases, or examples of how people might be 
looking for information on your site um, to help teach Google. Uh, and maybe, you know, this will be good for link building too if, you, if arrangements can be made for um, specific ways of phrasing anchor text. And I think it would have to be like, you know, remarkably different from page to page and, and more relational to the page the anchor text is found on. Mm-hmm. There's so many things you've got to think about what they would think about when building Rank Brain. Well, and at the end of the day, doesn't this come as 99% of the things involving Google's algorithm are? Um, at the end of the day, what does this really mean Like for, for a copywriter? Well, if we're trying to think of people enter their queries into Google, however a human being is going to speak into Google. You, know, you were mentioning you and I might look up things differently, but they will probably be fairly similar because our core, you know, what we do for a living is similar. We're about the same age range, right? Like you know, we're, we're, we're yeah. in that group. So if you're a copywriter thinking, how do I take advantage of this? How do I do it? Now, right now we're getting a lot of false positives and bad stuff, but as rank brain evolves, what do we do? Well, just make sure that you're writing for that target audience and making sure you're using the terms that they in a, in a context in how they would look for it. it doesn't even have to be the specific terms that they would look for specifically. They should be on the page, obviously, for good SEO. But uh, making sure that your piece of content matches what the query they'd be searching for is not just in the keywords are on the page, but in the context of how it's written um, to target that target demographic. And you're going to win. Like at the end of the day, it comes back to, yeah, you should be writing for your users the way they would need to read it and providing them information that would answer the question um, that they're asking. And, and you're going to do okay. But, you know, something you said in the, in, in the middle of that, I think, was, was a real critical part of your sentence. How users would speak the query. Remember, Google builds for the future as much as it builds to uh, solve it, to solve current or to find solutions to current issues it might have. It's totally building for the future. What Google might be bringing in today is really about what where Google sees user, user behavior going over the next year or so. Mm-hmm. Voice search is critically important in a mobile environment. You're driving along in your car, you can't type your search query. You're walking through a store and you're looking at items. You can't, you know, it's so much easier just to speak your query than uh, typing your query. Mm-hmm. And Google, you know, very, Google very much wants to promote and and refine and perfect voice driven uh, voice driven search queries. Yeah. So think about that as well. Um, you know, you know, maybe webmasters, you know, kick back in in states where it's legal, smoke a joint, and you know, talk about your website a lot. <laughs> um, Okay, we got to take a break here on Webmaster Radio. It's a quarter to the hour on the 29th of October, 2015. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. Stay tuned. More on Webcology after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Hey. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. You know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point, click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point, click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 29th of October, 2015. We're coming into our last segment, and you know, Dave, with all these, you know, new music and changes and, you know, uh, bed tracks and stuff around here, we, we really don't know exactly how much time we have left. <laughs> no, it's getting tough. And you for just for listeners, um, I think we, uh, you know, with, with the network is growing so rapidly. Webmaster Radio is is, is it continues to grow as you know the largest business to business online online radio network in the world. As does our sister network, Cannabis Radio. Um, it's growing rapidly, and um, Dave, as, as, as you mentioned, um, what I said earlier mightn't be a very good idea if you're actually writing the content. <laughs> you should probably be all chill for that. <laughs> um, but anyway, time time is tight on Webmaster Radio these days. Like literally, time is truly tight. We, we can't, aren't able to go over, um, stray over our time anymore because our production staff is running its feet off. And if there was a way, our production staff could be nominated for a Shorty Award, the awards for best tweet users. Um, I'm not actually sure how that's relevant to their workload, but <laughs> if they could, I wish they could because they should get awards for a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to be having the CEO of Twitter coming on the air um, sometime in the near future. I think on – I'm sorry, not the CEO of Twitter, the CEO of the Shorty Awards, the Twitter Awards – Coming on the show, I believe, on the 11th of November. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, now that I completely messed up his introduction. <laughs> um, but yes, it will be exciting, actually, because 
uh, the shorties are fun. They, they are seriously fun. Also fun. We have seven minutes left. So I don't think we can get into a really weighty topic. But here's a fun one that was um, that I found up on uh, Search Engine Land today, uh, written by uh, Clay Crazier. Crazier? Yeah. C-A-Z-I-E-R. To my eyes, it looks like Crazier. Or Crazier. Yeah, that's how I it. it. Probably am. Sorry, dude. <laughs> I'll get it right like 11 months from now or so, eh? Yeah. And then forget it. Anyway, this is a great, this is actually a, it's a fun article. It's up at Search Engine Land today, dissecting Google conspiracy theories. Dave, you've been, Dave, you've been around a long time, uh-huh. and you've heard a lot of Google conspiracy theories. Sure. Without going into the article just yet, what's your favorite, the, the, the best one you ever heard? Uh, my, my favorite is the, and I still hear it from time to time, um, <clears throat> If you are bidding on AdWords, it's going to hurt you organically because Google wants your money. That's, that one that's is probably listed, my favorite. That one is listed in, uh, in, in, in this compilation of, uh, of, of conspiracies. Mine has always been uh, Google's relationship with DARPA, the defense, the defense uh, research uh, uh, institute. Thing is, mine is mine is actually kind of true, although I think they're using each other for you know just you know machine. Uh, DARPA has resources, Google has machine learning, right? But it's close to a uh, conspiracy mentioned in this uh, in this article. But here's the top conspiracy theories. Yours yours was actually the one used most frequent heard most frequently. Participation in AdWords improves slash damages organic rankings. Mm. Um. Incidentally, AdWords is 15 years old this week. Yeah, happy birthday. So this is an old conspiracy theory. Paid search will not directly impact your organic search ranking. Although, I mean, the truth is, actions around paid search might have an effect on... Well, that's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but... Having paid search ads in and of themselves has nothing to do with organic ranking. But again, people will click on them. People will spend time on your site. Uh, there's a number of actions that can happen because you have paid search. And that, um, and also, uh, if, say you have a, 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 an ad word and you're also doing quite well in the SERPs, you're likely to see either more clicks of the ad word or more clicks of your organic link as one reinforces the validity of the other. Right. And so now your click-through rate goes up, which may impact your organic, or your click-through rate goes up on paid, which will improve your quality score, right? Like, yeah. But again, the existence of either listing doesn't direct... See, they do directly impact each other, but they don't algorithmically impact each other. Right. Well, they do, but it's user action that does it, not Google. <laughs> All right. No wonder that one persists, eh? Yeah, indeed. How's this one? Google is deprioritizing organic rankings, as you said, because they make money off the paid stuff, and so right. they're making it harder to, to actually achieve an organic ranking. Yeah, well, or you can just look at what's above the fold now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and sort of come to some conclusions that they're trying to increase their revenue by putting more emphasis on paid. Mm -hmm. So this one can be partially true. 
You reckon? Like, yeah, you're right. You'll see stuff from news. You'll see stuff from paid coming up, and and organic is being pushed down below the fold uh, when they when they had the local play happening, and at, they moved local or the business center into uh, Google Plus, which was all about making everyone use Google Plus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Google's not above manipulating processes and appearances to make more money. Well, and, and who can blame them, right? Like, I'm sure most of our listeners, I know I do, we have a blog. Do we put our blog as the, the, the free thing that we do to just give some people some information? Do we put that front and center right at our biggest conversion sales points? No, we don't. We tuck a little link up to, like, blog or learning center or whatever, and you put your, your service points or, or sale items um, in, the, in the most prominent space, right? Yeah. We, we all do it. We put our money makers um, where the eyeball goes. But in fact, you use your free content to move people towards where your moneymakers can be found. Exactly. Which is exactly what Google does. Uh, Organic is the great loss leader. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Well, how about this one? Google's ultimate goal is to promote their own content. Right. Right. That one goes on, doesn't it? It Uh, does. But... Yeah, it does, actually. my, My take on this one has always been and will probably continue to always be i they don't have to like i i I know the eu's seen some some evidence of it or whatnot um but at the end of the day if i if i have to go here's what i'm pretty much guessing is going on it's their stuff is strong why because it's linked from google right or it's youtube or whatnot so i don't know that algorithmically they're favoring their own content in so much as you know youtube's an incredibly strong site so when videos show up in the serps guess where they're from (laughs) <laughs> they're from the strongest site algorithmically. It just happens that because it's Google, it is incredibly strong. But then we think of programs like Google Author, where they just hoovered uh, all the all those books that had that you know had the fifty year copyright had had run out. Yeah. So Google now has all those books, and that content is stronger than Amazon content, perhaps. Yeah. Um, okay. We have all run right. out of time. As I said, time is a premium on these networks these days. Um, so I, there was other ones, uh, discouraging use of apps, involvement with U.S. government, uh, it being evil in and of itself. Anyhow, I'll check out the article. He goes with or debunks conspiracy theory. It's way fun, and we got to get out of here because we're out of time here on Webcology. So on behalf of Dave Davis with Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stick around. There's amazing stuff coming up in the network after the news. been a presentation of webmasterradio.fm the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network we welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24 7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.